all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. This is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So I want you to join us and talk about your life as we move through the show. This coming Sunday is Father's Day, so today we're going to talk about the importance of fathers in a child's life and how the father-child relationship can really ultimately affect what kind of adult that child becomes. So mothers have received a lot of respect and accolades from society in general as far as the importance they play in a child's life. That's not been quite the case for fathers forever. Um, And I want to talk a little bit about why, as we move forward, before the 1970s, fathers were viewed as the breadwinner, the disciplinarian, the stoic, no show of emotion. Fathers were thought to have little to do with the rearing of a child from a nurturing developmental standpoint. Really, to the point to to point out how discordant mothers and fathers were thought of, I want to compare for you when Father's Day was declared a nationally designated day in the U.S. as to that for mothers, okay? You might remember if you listened to our show on Mother's Day, and if you didn't, go back and listen to the podcast because I told the story about that. But um, the day for mothers was declared official in 1914. And though attempts were made beginning back in 1908, Father's Day didn't become official until 1972, 58 years after Mother's Day. Now, there was a day declared for coal miners and fathers back in West Virginia, back um, early on, I believe it was in 1908. And then um, another attempt by a young woman who was reared by her father, who was a widower, um, back in the early 1920s. But it took forever to get people to recognize it. So why do you think that took so long? Um, I'd like to hear from you about that. First of all, I'll tell you a little bit um, about it as we move along. But jump in anytime you have a comment. Uh, you can call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Okay, 
let me talk to you a little bit about that reason. So the history of how fathers have been viewed in the U.S. might be the reason it took us so long to get an official Father's Day declared. You know, years ago, gender roles were pretty clearly delineated. The father in the house was the absolute authority. His word was not questioned, his decision final, his influence dominant in all areas related to family. Um, so he was, he was seen, um, though, not as a caretaker of children. That responsibility really rested with, or was at least vested in the mother, or there was a mother substitute. But the father, you know, even if the mother wasn't able to do it, typically then it went to a mother substitute, whether she, the mother wanted to or, or not. Well, then the world began to change in the 20th century with some advances, okay? And with those changes came a basic change in the structure of the family function. And here's where, you know, um, you may think that that there was some improvement, but not so much. There was even more a shift of the father's influence um, away from the day-to-day workings of the family and nurturing. It became even more minor, almost negligible. The father's importance was defined as how well he provided for the family. So not so great a provider of goods, not so great a father. Um, there was very little importance put on the father being involved in the family. Okay. So that is the way many baby boomers grew up. Right. And I, again, I'd like to hear from you. Jump in. I want to hear hear about how you were raised. We want to hear funny stories. We want to hear happy stories. We want to hear um, how you evolved as a, a father. And so but as I move along, let me just take you where I want to go. Another factor was the diminished role of the father was the new field of psychology. And um, some of you may think I'm a psychologist. I'm not. I'm a developmental behavioral pediatrician. But but I deal a lot in sort of the psychological aspect of growing up. So really, psychology became a problem because what happened back in, um, in the, oh gosh, mid 19 19- um, 90s from 1950 forward for the next 20 years was the research studies really didn't place much importance in the role of fathers. His influence was supposedly not there in the development and growth of the child. It's kind of insignificant. So whenever any kind of parenting studies were done, they meant mother. Um, father, if mentioned, was sort of uh, another influence that was perhaps minuscule. So there were only a small number of parent-child studies that looked at the father's role. And and uh, the very few studies done at that time focused on the, the father's involvement as reported by the mother. They didn't inter- interview fathers. I find that just so incredibly interesting. Um, 
So, for example, there were probably over 2,000 parents who responded to questions about a parenting survey, and not one father was interviewed. So what happened is there was really, you know, um, the research said um, fathers weren't so terribly important because there was no research documenting that they were. Well, what happened to we baby boomers was that um, things sort of started to swing back in the 1970s. And then there were some studies that started supporting the impact of fathers. So there were some newly designated studies that started talking about, hey, wait a minute, maybe fathers are more important than we thought. Maybe, pardon me for being crude, maybe they're not just the sperm um, that, that impregnated that egg, but maybe there's something more to it than just being the breadwinner, and maybe there's more important. Now, I'm probably minimizing um, the way it was. I know in many families, as you were growing up, you had incredibly involved fathers, even if you are a baby boomer. And I'd love to hear from you about that. I really, I really would like to hear your stories about how how your father played that important role, what he did. Um, what, were the, what were the fun times um, with your dad, and how were you involved with him? And I think at this point, I want to pull in Michelle and welcome her. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for Michelle McAdoo, our producer. Good morning. And I um, <laughs> plan this show, and we, we really want, um, though, as you know, this show is all about you and your family. So, Michelle Wright? Okay, well, I do have great stories about my dad. First of all, I want to tell everyone to give us a call, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Let us know about your dad. If you just want to give him a shout-out, say his name on the radio. I'm sure he'd love to hear it. If he's passed, I know you want to honor his memory and let us know how great your dad was or is. We want to hear all about dads today. But my father, Larry McAdoo, was a real supportive dad. Anything... I did, he made me feel special um, from a book report to pretending to do the news at the at WJSU. I used to stay on campus at Jackson State University and um, being up there, being around radio and news and media. I loved it. I like questioning people. As you know, I like interviewing people. I like finding out about people. I'm in radio today. I've been in radio for almost 20 years. You know, I've, I've talked about my father before. Ernest but is no longer with us. I know you're lucky to still have your dad around. Um, but, you know, I, I can remember growing up when women weren't supposed to go into medicine. And if they did, they were supposed to be a nurse and not a doctor. And my father... Um, said always you can do whatever you want to do um it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman you can do whatever you want to do and you know he always said there were no limits on any of us he had six girls and two boys and so um, his responsibility i think he felt very strongly was to make sure that his daughters could be self-sufficient and didn't did anyone else 
So I know it's time for the break. After the break, though, I'm going to bring in a special guest who is a son, a father, a stepfather, and a grandfather. And he'll join us and talk about his experiences. Um, We'll also talk about what research is now about the importance of fathers. So listeners, call in. Like Michelle said, call in to honor your father, to tell stories about your father. Um, I want to know um, what the best lesson that father taught you. Was there something he said that spurred you on like our fathers did? Give us a call at one eight seven seven ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 You can send an email to familyatmpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking, and we'll be right back. If you're a parent on the go, but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress with a Mindful Minute. Children grow up so fast, before you know it, they'll be starting kindergarten. A good way to watch for school readiness is to mark developmental milestones like talking in sentences, counting, writing, and playing well with others. Positive adult-child relationships are key to helping children meet these milestones. You already have the tools you need. Talking, singing, and reading are fun ways to help children learn and thrive. One way to celebrate these special moments is to use a milestone checklist. Healthcare providers are also a great resource to help make sure your child's on the mark and ready for the next step. Examples of developmental milestones, fun family activities, and additional resources can be found at MississippiThrive.com. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and here with Michelle McAdoo, and also Robert Riddell, my husband, who is a father, a stepfather, a grandfather. He was a son. Um, Talking about the importance of fathers with Father's Day coming up. He's a retired landscape architect who lived in Mississippi all his life. He's the son of a farmer. He's a baby boomer. And so one of those who grew up with a father who was maybe less the nurturer and more a breadwinner. So um, just to kind of set the stage with with who who he is and 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 where he is. All right. Hi, Robert. Good morning. There you are. Hey, thanks for calling in. I'm going to try not to call him honey on the radio, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I think, you Robert, we decided we needed to have you on, Michelle and I, because we thought that you've kind of had a diverse experience. Um, we, you're a, you're a father, you're a stepfather, and I know stepping into that stepfather role in a blended family was probably um, one of those issues that was perhaps a little difficult, huh? Well, yes, but you know, when you fall in love, you uh, you you understand, or you should understand what you're getting into, and uh, I think the amount of love you have for your spouse should uh, transfer to their children, and that's 
the way I've always looked at it. Yeah. Well, I will say, I know we have caller Linda from Memphis on the line, and I'm going to get to you in just a minute, Linda. But I want to bring up a couple of points um, as we go through, because, you know, we talk about I, I want to talk about the importance of father in the home. Um, but I want to remind everybody but that sometimes that that father image, that male model could be a stepfather. It could be a grandfather, or it could be a friend of the family who stepped in to help out. So the importance of fathers or a father image is what I want us to really talk about. And who is that person that you want to honor as we move through? Because I'll I'll never forget, Robert, one thing that, um, do you remember what you said to my then, when we got married, Robert had a 14-year-old daughter, and I had children who were 10, 8, and 6. And so we blended our family together. And do you remember what you said um, to my son um, at his first communion? Um, I do. I remember those words so very well um, at his first communion celebration. Do you remember that? I remember not the exact words, but it was something to the effect that you will always be my first son. Right. That was so important to him and to me. And I think that sort of sealed the bond that um, we subsequently, we had had uh, another son together. So we have that yours, mine, and ours family. But but you let him know that, that he, this six-year-old, was also your son. And I think that was one of those issues that stuck with him. He remembered that. And, and so did the rest of the family. It touched everybody. So you became such an incredible, and I don't want to minimize his biologic father's impact and import, but but also you became that that father to him who was there for him. So well, thank you we, for that. We were going to Let's be a go, family. <laughs> what? Go ahead. If we were going to be a family, we had to be a family together. And uh, it was so important to your children, my children, and for you to make my child your child. I think that's, uh, you know, that's working together as a family. But, uh, you know, the the father aspect, I always wanted to be a bit more hands-on father than my father was. He was was the provider. He was the, went out early and came home late. Farming was tough, and and that's what fathers did. And your mother was an awesome, wonderful, nurturing mother. But um, it would have been nice maybe to have your father a little more involved, I know. Um, Let's go on to the phone. We have Linda from Memphis, and I want to bring Linda in. Hi, Linda. Thanks for calling. Oh, hi. Thanks thanks for y'all taking my call. I just want to say that fathers are, are very important. I had a dynamic duo of a mother and father. I'm a 66-year-old a woman now, but sometimes I still feel like that little girl that they raised, um, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. But my, most, one of the most important things my father taught me was to listen. Um, he taught me this by example. Um, my little sister and I, we used to like to meet our father coming home from work, you know, um, living out in the country. We'd run go meet him. And so we always wanted to race him because we thought we were the fastest jackrabbits. Anyway, he said, okay, I'm going to race you one day. 
And so he said, I'll, I'll raise you on this condition. If you let me keep one foot on the ground one half of the time and the other foot on the ground the other half of the time. So we thought in our minds that that meant that he'd be walked, hopping on one 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 leg, you know, to try to give us an advantage. But no, <laughs> he, said, he said, on your mark, get set, go. And, and, and Dad took off and he ran as fast as he could run. He could run. And my little was so disgusted, she just sat down in the, on the ground and said, he's cheating, he's cheating. He came back and told me, he said, no, girls, I want you to understand. I want you to learn to listen to what people say, not what you think they said. And so that's, that's, that's been a lifelong um, 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 thing that has stayed with me to always <laughs> remember to listen, not, not, you know, not, to, not, to, not to just go by what you think you hear, but to actually listen. So I, my, I had a wonderful father and a wonderful mother, and I love MVP, and I, I'll always listen uh, I always listen to your to your show, Doctor Buttress, and I and I appreciate mm-hmm. Michelle and Liz. They they they're wonderful. You know, I can I just know they're wonderful people. So I thank you all so much. Oh, thank you, Linda. That's wonderful. I love that story. What what? Tell us your father's name. What was his name? Oh, his name James. 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 Well, uh, Jane, what a wonderful lesson. And, you know, I we have talked, we've done a whole show, Linda, on the value of listening because it is so very important to know how to listen. So thanks for reminding us all about that. Thanks to James, your father, for teaching you that. It sounds like he was a wonderful man. So um, thanks so much. What a great story. Um I really would love to hear more stories like that. I know uh, Michelle and I are hoping we'll hear those. So give us a call. We've got open lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 um, Robert, when we were talking about your father, because, you know, as I remember him, he also is unfortunately no longer with us, but as I remember... Charlie, um, he was a quiet man. He didn't he didn't talk a whole lot. Um, but but when I asked you what was the best lesson that your dad taught you, why don't you talk to the listeners about that? Oh, it sounds like we're going to our next break. Um, when we get back, we'll talk about some of those lessons give us a call at 877-MPB-RING that's 877-672-7464 we'll be right back mpbonline.org is your destination for everything mississippi public broadcasting you can catch up on past shows from think radio listen live anytime or become a sustaining member, all from one place. So what are you waiting for? Get connected now at mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and here with Michelle McAdoo, and also Robert Riddell, my husband, who is a father, a 
stepfather, a grandfather, he was a son, um, talking about the importance of fathers with Father's Day coming up. We've got some callers on the line, but I promise, Robert, before the break, tell us what you said when I asked what was the best lesson your father ever taught you. Well, my father was uh, a really hardworking man. Really, I mean, he left early in the morning and came home late at night. He was a farmer, and he taught me the importance of hard work and uh, self-reliance. Um, you get in there and you do it. You do it until you get it right, and uh, I think that was the biggest lesson. You know, my father was not a nurturer, and, uh, and that was left up to mom and my grandparents, uh, and uh, it was not until I was really well into my adulthood that uh, my father and I began to have a relationship. But uh, yeah. it taught me it taught me those things, and um, and that's certainly helped me through my professional career. So more more a model than of of a hardworking model, which was pretty awesome. And that was actually back in those days. That was what men were supposed to do. That's just what they were supposed to do. So, well, let's That's jump right. back to the phones. We have Belle from Yazoo County. Hi, Belle. Thanks for being patient and waiting. Oh, what a wonderful tribute to your husband. I don't know how you got him to be on. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't easy. But <laughs> um, I just wanted to say um, my dad was uh, affectionately known by his nickname, Will T. And, um, uh, he worked hard, and um, I can remember one uh, windy Sunday in March, we wanted to fly kites, and uh, it, it, the stores were closed. So he had been a Boy Scout leader in his youth, and he took us on the back porch, and he gathered up all kinds of junk and got us to go out and get twigs out of the vacant lot. And we made he made he showed us how to make it, and we helped. We made a kite from scratch and were able to fly it that day. And uh, he even made paste out of flour and water. And I also remember that on uh, winter nights, he would take us out in the yard and show us constellations. And I especially remember Orion the Hunter. And he told us that that dog star near that constellation might have been the star of the east that the wise men followed to the birth of Jesus. And um, he um, he worked in a bank until he was 29 when he went to Ole Miss, and um, he got his graduate degree in the middle of the Depression in 31. Wow. And uh, so uh, he was uh, he he always showed us how he made good time for us and he was very loving and um uh very well loved in the community and his his uh persistence with getting his degrees late showed me that you never give up 
But um, yeah. I'm trying not to talk too much because I could go on and on. But I wasn't going to call, but I just had to say something about my daddy. And thank you a lot. I love this program. Thanks. Thank you, Belle. And thanks for calling. Yeah, I know sometimes it's hard to to make that, to dial that number, make that call and talk on radio. But you see how easy it was. And you gave tri- tribute to Will T. It sounds like he was a pretty amazing man who continued to to work to learn even i mean goodness during the depression in a time of adversity to have hope enough that you would continue to work on on educating yourself sounds like an awesome man and i love the the boy scout stuff where you know we call it macgyver the macgyver thing and and robert's really good at that um uh, the kids will all tell you that he is one of those macgyver type people who has taught the kids to try to be resourceful and and work on things so bell thanks for for listening and calling um We've got some open lines. We have Wayne from Biloxi waiting, but we've got open lines. So call us at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Okay, Wayne, thanks for calling. Is this me? Hey, Wayne. Hey, I'm from Ocean Springs, actually, but Susan, I'm originally from Canton. You might remember me. We were schoolmates. Yes, Wayne. Oh my goodness! Thanks for calling. <laughs> yes. I, excuse me. I'm making bread, so the mixer's going. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Daddy. Uh, he was uh, an amazing man, and what he taught me mainly, I think, was uh, my love of nature, because he would mm-hmm. take us out, my sister and me out, and to the farm and everything, show us the snakes that we could play with, the ones we should just leave alone. And uh, <laughs> Right. And he was a real man's man, but, you know, I was not a sportsman at all, because I was in theater and dance and all that stuff. But he was the first one on the first row supporting me every step of the way. So I appreciate him so much. Yeah. Wayne, uh, thanks so much for calling in. First of all, I will say that you are a multi-talented individual. And, um, you know, I think it's really a tribute to your father that even though y'all had such diverse, different interests, that that he bonded with you and he supported you. How important is that? And I'm sure yeah. that made you a better, happier, more successful person, right? Oh, absolutely. I accepted myself. And, of course, Mother was in there doing it, too, along with my biggest fans were both of them. Every play I did, every dance I did, they were there supporting me and saying, you go, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think we always we talk a lot about the value of that one person in your life who is your support. And it can be anyone. Um, But the value of having two parents um, being there for you and supporting you is is very measurable. It actually is. And research shows that um, it makes a huge difference. It really does, yes. And especially, you know, growing up in the 50s and 60s, and, uh, you know, boys were supposed to do this and girls were supposed to do this, but that was, uh, I was not of that ilk. (laughs) So it was very important that I did have the support of both of my parents, and especially my daddy, because he came from a rough background. 
So mm-hmm. it was it was mm-hmm. something for him to support me. Yeah. And, you know, it's very clear that um, that individuals who have had to deal with gender issues and all yeah. as they're moving along. And I, I'll just put it out there, Wayne. I, I think that, you know, the suicide rate is so high in individuals uh, who don't feel accepted by the ones that they love and, and exactly. how amazingly important um, during that era when, when even though, you know, we, we know the issues were out there that people just yeah. couldn't accept them except for exactly. a few. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you go through and you're, you're the, uh, the, the person who's taunted and called names and all this kind of stuff, but, uh, you go home and you've got your support of your family. So that's what's important. Yep. Yep. Well, you know what? I know that you turned out awesome. So kudos <laughs> to your to your parents and thanks so much for calling in, Wayne. What a delight. Well, certainly. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Okay, we're gonna stay on the phones. We have Robin from Gulf Shores, and I think I may know this person. Hi, Robin. Thanks for calling. Hi there. Hey, Daddy. (laughs) I said sweetheart on the radio. This is our oldest daughter, Robin, y'all, everyone. This is our oldest awesome daughter, Robin, who's called in. (laughs) So, Robin, do you have a special story about your dad, or do you have um, maybe just a, a general? Yeah, no, I have a million special stories about my daddy, so I could take the whole hour, but of course, We'll stick it to just one memory, Dad, that I think to me represents a sort of, um, I don't know, a memory that has been really special to me forever. And, of course, I'm going to try not to cry on this radio show, y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I love, Dad, is what you used to do is you would take me on drives. and We would pull off on the side of the road. Sometimes there'd be a creek or something, and you taught me how to skip rocks. I don't even know where we were or what we were doing. And I remember just thinking, I have taken that throughout my life. Like if I've taken a long drive or I've, you know, if I'm busy trying to get somewhere, trying to take the the off the beaten path, you know, trying to stop and smell the flowers, stop and look at that Mm. creek, take that photo. You know, you might not, you might not get there again, you know, just making sure you pause and, and look around, you know, I don't know. I just think that has been something I've taken with me forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. On all my travels and everything, and especially during this time of COVID, to slow down and be okay with taking that deep breath and and teaching your child how to skip a rock or to, you know, look, look at that beetle or whatever it is. I just feel like you taught me that, and I just am forever grateful. That's a good story. Thank you. You know, I've always said Robert was a tree-hugging developer. He was a landscape architect and and a developer, and um, he did. He taught us all the love of the land, didn't he, Robin? And and I 100% agree, and I think all of our children um, glean that and learn that from from him. and, And the other thing was I remember walking through the yard and him showing me what we could eat and what we couldn't eat. I remember just going, oh, I mean, remember that prolific amount of mint that was at that, you know, the can house that <laughs> literally you're like, and I remember him teaching me, daddy, you teaching me that I could eat it. And I remember thinking that was so mm. cool. 
And I was so little and, you know, now I'm in the wine business and everything is about from, from the ground to the table. Um, and that whole essence of, of, you know, from the earth to the table, which is all about what we're about as a family. And, you know, even so young, knowing that all these beautiful plants that you created in the garden and even now, um, that it I stays could, you know, with that you. I could eat something from that. Yeah. Anyway, just, yeah. just wonderful, wonderful thread through my, um, through my childhood all the way into adulthood. And thank you. I, well, I didn't know you remembered all that stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> it's but, amazing uh, what is imprinted in children. Um, and I think this is something we all need to remember. Listen to what people are remembering memories from way back and how important it is. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Robin. Um, I love y'all. I love you. Thanks <laughs> for love calling. You, sweetheart. Bye. Bye. All right, if if we can, um, Michelle, before we go to our next break, I want us to stay on the phones. These are good stories. Um, we have John from Magnolia. Hi, John. Thanks for calling. Oh, yes, ma'am. How are you all doing this morning? Doing great. Thank yes, you, John. Do you have a, a memory or a comment? Well, I have a comment. And I mean, I'm like the other lady. Take a whole hour. I was born in 1936 on the Indian Reservation in Cherokee, North Carolina, and uh, never went to school a day in my life. I worked in the woods and uh, worked in the coal mine and all of that, and I was raised with different people. I was 35 years old when I found my daddy, and I thought he was a deacon in the church and found out he was just a little drunk Indian. Never met my grandmother. One of my grandmothers was Caucasian and Irish. And I just, I just grew up from one place to the other. When I turned 16, I joined the military with no education. And uh, I lived in northern Alabama with, with some white people, lived on a farm, worked on the farm and all of that. So, I mean, I, you know, I actually don't know what a father is because I didn't have one. But it's, it's very important for kids to have a father to learn things, you know. But I was taught things. I knew how to cook and all of that. No herbs in the woods and all of that stuff. Yeah. Never went to school. Never played with other kids or nothing like that. Yeah. That's a tough life, John. And um, But it sounds like you're doing okay now. Yeah, I'm, I'm 83. But the yeah. good Lord been good to me. I went through a whole lot. Didn't know my mama. Only thing I knew, she was Black Creek. I never met none of my grandfather, nobody, you know. So, John, did you have anyone in your life who perhaps was a, a parent image, somebody who, who taught you things or somebody who kind of took you under their wing? Uh, yeah. People, they took me under their wings. And I lived with yeah. Mr. Henry. He, he made mattresses, and I learned how to make mattresses. I learned how to, you know, mm-hmm. do a lot of things, you know. And then I lived with the other fellow. And uh, I learned how to plant and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So, well, I, I think, you know, having you call in and just say it would have been nice, though, to have that, that father. I think we need to remind people, men out there, um, whether you're in the home or not with your child, you can still be that father influence. You don't have to live in the home with your child because I know they're single parent households. They're 
um, families who have divorced, there are families who never married, but um, you can still be apart. So I just want to remind everybody how important it is to, to be there for your child. And it's right. not just the mother who's important. We have Debbie from Butte, and um, I want to hear from Debbie, and then I want to make sure that if there's someone who wants to call in at one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, we still have some time. So, Debbie, hi, Debbie, thanks for calling. Hello, thank you. Um, uh, I just wanted to talk, say a few things about my daddy, Eddie Ellis. He um. He was the best. I had the I had a dynamic duo, a couple of parents too, and he uh, he played with Elvis on the Louisiana Hayride in '57, and he was an oil man and a farmer and a steakhouse owner. And the story I mainly wanted to tell you was about it was a Christmas story. I'm trying not to cry too. <laughs> it's he had us kids go out in the front yard, and we always searched in the sky for Santa, in the Santa reindeer, the red for Rudolph. And he went out in the backyard, and he made prints of of a sleigh with the two by four, where the sleigh he 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 came and got us. He said, "Girls, you just missed him. He's he just." He was just landed in the backyard, <laughs> and and the prints were back there. We were just amazed. We were just the whole neighborhood was there. <laughs> it was great, and he what you know, a beautiful was, story. Yeah. Oh, he he took us camping. He was a rock hound. We he had our own little hammers made. We hunted jade and quartz and turquoise and went fishing and went to every national park we could find he was he was one of a kind <laughs> and i just wow i miss him deeply <laughs> very much but have those wonderful memories i think oh, how yes. important is that to um, to, taught, to have that me. in your heart right and, and I, I passed it on to my grandsons I take them fishing, I take them agate hunting and arrowhead hunting and creek walking and, you know, things like that that, that they love to do now. Yeah. It's just going to be a generational thing, I hope. <laughs> That's wonderful. And so, Debbie, I think what we, what what you say and what you have said, and I think what everybody has said, is that some of those maybe seemingly very tiny, small moments of interaction, or maybe they were long moments, um, but they imprint who you become forever. So it's, it's sort of the pay forward thing that what they give you, you give to someone else. And so the incredible impact people make in this world starts somewhere, right? And so many times it starts with, with that, that dad, that father. And his parents had, uh, they came across the Oklahoma run and Homestead is a place in Oklahoma. And that's where they started from was the Oklahoma run. Yeah. 
Wow. That was amazing well, that De- story. To me. Yeah. Debbie, thank you so much for sharing thank your you. story. Um, David, jump in there. Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, I have a, a comment instead of a memory, but okay. I will say that my father taught me a really valuable lesson on the importance of a father, on um, the importance for a child to have a father, the development of that child, and and how, um, as a as a man today, um, how important it is to have a father to to assist in your decision making when it comes down to a wife, to your children, and all of that. And my father assisted me greatly in that by not being there. And so, as the gentleman who called in before. The, uh, the young lady who just got off the phone or off the line, <clears throat> uh, it is important for us to also acknowledge that some people aren't are growing up without a father. And there's still some great lessons in that because as a child, you understand the importance. And so when it's your turn to be a father, you can be a much better father. Well, I couldn't say that better. I think your point is probably an awesome one for us to kind of finish on because there are some people who grew up without fathers who were very influential or who were totally absent. And so for you to be able to change who you are and be be someone different so that when you have a child that you understand how important fathers are for emotional development they set the bar for how you have relationships with others. Like we heard, um, we had the ability of even having someone who learn learn all about nature. How important is that? So I want to thank everybody. I know I've got just a few seconds. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much, honey, Robert, for being on the show with us. And thanks to all of our callers. Our, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday for Relatively Speaking Stay tuned for Here Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio and listen to the podcast of this radio show if you miss part of it. Thanks again. See you next week.